All right, we are on. Uh, we are here on Money Talk with Alex Wong, the director of Alex K Y Wong Asset Management. Good to have you on the show, Alex. Hi, good morning. Andrew. Good morning, and Le Shah, the Asia Chief Economist at BBVA Research, goes by the uh, nickname Shark, and I'm glad we had some uh, baby shark news for you there today in the lead-in. Good morning, Andrew. Morning, gentlemen. Uh, the big news is Evergrande, but I mean, this picture seems a little more complex than one may think. Supposedly, their operations are still going to continue on uh, mainland China. What's, what are the prospects for them and the broader Chinese property sector and the broader Chinese economy because of it? Uh, shark, we, we got shark news today, so I'll let you start. Uh, yes, I think... Um uh, this uh, Evergrande issue is a very big one because uh, now that the Chinese property market is already in deep trouble, okay? Uh, after two years of the adjustment, we see no clear signals they are, they are going to get out of it. Uh, so then we have this liquidation news about uh, Evergrande. I think that will end more uncertainties uh, to the property uh, sector. Uh, of course, uh, for most of the investors, uh, I'm afraid that uh, the most of them already give up their hopes. <laughs> I, I think uh, the investor in this Evergrande uh, stock or bond, they, they expect very little from this uh, kind of uh, liquidation or recovery. They know this day will come someday and it happened. But I think the, the bad news is to this, uh, uh, construction contractors because in the past they continue work, uh, under the government instructions to work on this unfinished project of Evergrande. Now, if this Evergrande go to the liquidation process, there's no entity why they continue to do that one. And as far as I know, some of these contractors, they need to borrow the money from the bank and then continue to finish this unfinished project for Evergrande and their government pressure. But now, I don't think that they have additional incentive. So that means the authorities, the government, local government, the central government, they must make some move. Either they will take over, either they will just announce, okay, that's it. We are going to, uh, this kind of unfinished one, we cannot afford that one. Okay, if you buy it, okay, unfortunately, you are, you're not uh, lucky. Okay, that's the, we can see the market way to solve this one. Uh, and if you, and we must know that this Evergrande is not the individual case. They have uh, other uh, property developers listed in Hong Kong. They are also in big troubles. Many people expect one day they will repeat this kind of the liquidation story of Evergrande if there's no rescue or bailout from the government. And then that could uh, make the, in the, the sentiment the sentiment of the investors or even the home buyers in China very, very bad. I think uh, that means uh, uh, this case, that's uh, uh, alarming. There's alarm to the uh, Chinese authority. They must move quickly to solve this uh, property market problem. Yeah, I know the old maxim is uh, people with a mortgage don't tend to revolution, but uh, that means that they have a mortgage and a property that they are living in. Uh, having a mortgage and no property is, is a totally different, <laughs> totally different thing. So it, it sounds like you're almost suggesting they might take a model from the banking world and kind of create a, so, you know, you know, when banks, a whole bunch of banks go down, they kind of take the assets and ring fence them and, you know, create a bad bank bank. You make a very good point. You know, could they do this for the real estate sector? I think if you look at the balance sheet of the Chinese real estate, uh, real estate developers, they are more like banks rather than the traditional real estate developer because they borrow too much. 
Okay, if you look at bank, we know they they have this leverage between one to eight, and they have this Basel rule. They cannot exceed that、uh, maximum leverage. But if you look at、uh, Chinese real estate developers, their leverage is so high. So many of not only my、uh, views, but、uh, also many of the researchers, they increasingly realize now this property market trouble is more like a financial trouble. Like a financial crisis,、yeah. yeah. So, so Alex, I mean, normally,、uh, if the U.S. has a big bumper day like they did, then the Hang Seng Futures Index would be pointing up a little bit. You know, they they would always get a little bit of that fairy dust, but that is not the case today.、Uh, clearly, the Evergrande、uh, situation is overshadowing any good news from the rest of the world.、Uh, I mean, what's your take on on the broader impact of this? I think、uh, first of all,、uh, we probably may see continuous deflation pressure in China because of these、uh, bursting bu-、uh, housing bubbles. So I think that's why we are seeing、um, consumer stocks are getting a hit、uh, from the last quarter、uh, last year. So、um, that is the first indication, and then、uh, probably another one is the. Uh, 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 difficulties to for recovery in the housing market because、uh, home buyers actually would be very concerned about the、uh, potential liquidations of other troubled developers, so they probably will stay out from buying those brand names. So、uh, that means a vicious cycle、uh, for those、uh, troubled developers actually has begun. And then、um, for for the Hong Kong market weakness, I think、uh, another worry right now emerging is the、um, U.S.、Um, Potential sanctions on certain names in Hong Kong.、Uh, we have Wuxi Group and then Nanofo.、Uh, and, and yesterday,、uh, PDD actually dropped a lot in the U.S. as well. So people are very concerned about the potential、uh, actions by the U.S.、Uh, on certain、uh, Chinese companies. So we are seeing a run of devaluation in、uh, companies、uh, in, in, in Chinese companies which are. Are doing their businesses globally. I mean, is is that effect?、Uh, you know, if the U.S. effect from their legislation, they're targeting specific con- companies. But what does that mean for the broader Chinese economy? I mean, no matter the friction between the U.S. and China, the the Chinese exports to the U.S. just seem to keep rising and rising and rising. And if China is going into a deflationary phase. Isn't that good for America because they can buy cheaper goods from China? Yeah, that's、uh, good for buying.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good for U.S. because right now,、uh, probably China would help to contain the inflation pressure in the world because China actually facing some deflation pressure. Actually, if you look at PPI,、uh, actually PPI is、uh, is under pressure、uh, across the globe,、uh, not just、uh, China. So I think、uh, probably we may see、uh, the inflation pressure to be contained, and that is a good news for the world, but、uh, not so good news for China.、Uh, are we? Getting into a position where there's two different Chinas at this point, because I mean, if I'm if I'm exporting to Europe, I'm exporting to the United States, I'm buying my inputs on the world market. I'm probably paying in U.S. dollars, and then I'm setting my prices based on what Europeans and Americans will pay. I mean, does it does that put me in a slightly detached economy compared to the Chinese domestic market? Yes, uh, but uh, the 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 point is, uh, uh, you are facing strong competition within China, probably. Even within the exporter space,、uh, you have、uh, some strong local competitions. So that means uh, 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 you are still facing、uh, the deflationary pressures among your competitors. And, and I mean, is, as the economy kind of turns down a little bit,、um, is that going to put pressure, downward pressure on wages? And so, as an exporter, at least, even if my inputs are still, you know, priced relatively the same, my labor inputs are cheaper, so that's good.、Uh, actually, if you look at labor inputs,、uh, the blue collar.、Uh, Jobs actually are not uh, uh, seeing uh, uh, wages to going down、uh, to to go down because、uh, 
many many people actually choose to be a delivery boy or other KOL. They are not uh, doing the traditional factory jobs. So uh, we are seeing a uh, surging demands for blue collar workers across the, the globe actually because of this trend. Hmm. So, Shark, uh, tell me, it seems like the, uh, the, the ups and downs of the Chinese economy, are there going to be any bright spots in that story? Exporters, maybe? Uh, if you're a blue-collar worker, is your, your, uh, your salary going to go up? Who, who are, who, who's going to do well off the current situation? Uh, I think if you look at the China, because China is a big country, its economic structure become increasing and complex. And uh, we do find this very, we can see these uh, bright spots like the EVs, like the solar panel, uh, and also even on chip making, uh, making uh, the semiconductor industry. China has made, uh, I like to say, very significant progress in making the most advanced uh, these uh, chips. Uh, but the thing is, uh, uh, if you look at a property market, okay, we always come back to a property market. Uh, it accounts for a very big share of the total economy. If we put uh, these all these things together, people think that maybe uh, one third, as high as one third of the GDP related to this sector. So if you have the falling uh, property sector, that means uh, other part of your economy, you must uh, do much more efforts. Okay. And now, as Atticus said, now we are, they are suffering this kind of a deflation problem. I think this one will, uh, will be one of the important headwinds to Chinese economy for, for this year. Of course, uh, on these EVs, on these uh, uh, solar panels, uh, even ship people, they are uh, now Chinese people, they are good at doing these ship buildings. <laughs> they have a lot mm. of the contract. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I think in these uh, uh, good sectors, they will continue to grow for this year. But uh, what they, you get, the incremental part, maybe. Uh, cannot fully offset the downside of the property market of these uh, uh, sluggish service sectors. Mm, so maybe maybe some bright spots to invest in if you're if you're picking your sectors and and companies carefully. Um, uh, you know where there's really expected some bright spots this week. We're kind of poised on the cusp of a lot of reports, uh, a lot of earnings reports coming out of big U.S. companies, and the Fed is going to be making decisions this week. I'm sure you guys have one, one eye on China, probably another eye on what's happening in the U.S. this week. What what are you most looking forward to this week in terms of either you know take your pick. Uh, the Fed or company earnings? I think company earnings, of course, I think Fed probably uh, actions is more or less expected. And I think people probably delay their um, expectations of rate cuts because our recent data actually uh, still suggests a strong resilience in the U.S. economy. So uh, we are likely to see the Fed to stay put for longer, I think. But that is expected. But I think uh, people are so bullish for the development of AI. So I, uh, this week uh, we probably uh, would have uh, those uh, big tech earnings to confirm whether they could monetize this trend. So I think uh, corporate earnings would be the key. All right. Shark, what do you figure? Yeah, I fully agree with that. Cause I don't think that they are going to cut interest rate very soon. Many people expect they are going to happen in March. But our in-house view is that uh, the earliest uh, cut will come in June or July, so mm. uh, there's uh, we still have time. <laughs> okay, uh, the, if you look at the GDP figure of the U.S. right, three point one last last year, and we have uh, inflation around three percent. That's a co-part of inflation. The guideline even lower. So I don't think the Fed have any reason to uh, have this uh, interest cut very soon. But of course. It de depends on the financial stability issue. We, 
this kind of things we cannot predict in advance. Uh, as uh, what happened last year, I think exactly last March, they have this regional banking crisis in United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this this time, I don't know. If they have a very serious issue of this uh, financial instability, maybe they will bring this kind of the interest cut earlier. Otherwise, I don't think that will happen before the summer. That's right. We, yeah, you do make a good point. We were talking about uh, you know the regional financial bank thing and, and wondering if uh, the whole deck of cards was going to come falling down a year later. I mean, people are saying bull, 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 but but I think people are still very afraid of the bear. Uh, coming uh, because this market has outperformed all expectations. Everybody was like recession, 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 and yet here we are, no recession, bull market. Are you guys getting a little nervous? I mean, some of these companies are going to report this week. Results are expected to be good, but multiples are, are getting a little crazy out there. How Are you guys feeling confident about that, or are you getting a little nervous? We got I, think, uh, I think you should be getting a little bit cautious, not nervous, I think, uh, because the trend is so strong. And I think the expectation for AI is still there. So um, uh, I've always been cautious, but uh, not very um, seriously concerned right now. Okay, Shark, uh, I, you're going to get the final word today. I'm always nervous, yeah, about uh, this U.S. economy. I, I, yeah, I, I do think uh, uh, now that the stock market in the U.S. is too hot. Yeah. You, so you think it's too hot and a little bit, but that's my personal view. Yeah, yeah. Because okay. I'm economist, I always look at this fundamental uh, aspect, like um, multiples, uh, something like that. So yeah, we, we we must be very careful. Okay, I guess. Well, if you're an economist, I guess that's why they call it the dismal science because you've got dismal <laughs> scientists that are practicing it. Uh, but you guys aren't dismal. You guys have been shining stars today and uh, full of life and energy, which we love here on Money Talk. Thank you to Alex Wong, the director of Alex KY Wong Asset Management, and uh, Shark Lu Xiao, the Asia chief economist at BBVA Research. Thank you very much for joining us, gentlemen.